The following podcast is brought to you by Radio Southland and New Zealand On Air. Radio Southland is a community access media station based in Invercargill, New Zealand. If you or your group would like to know more about how you can have a program on our station, please contact us. Visit our website, radiosouthland.org.nz, for our contact details. The following program may contain music with language or themes which some might consider offensive. We advise discretion. Welcome to Kill and Crack on Radio Southland 96.4 FM and I'm your host Leon. So welcome along to the show and we have a great show for you today. Um... All the news from home, you know. But, uh, yeah, actually quite a special show because, uh, yeah, we had a pretty awesome week here in uh, Studio Leon. Can you say Studio Leon? Um, yeah, we had we had an awesome time because we caught up with Mac Hamilton, who is the bass player of Ash. And, you know, regular listeners to the show would know um, we're big fans of the band. So, um, yeah, we, ha- we have a- an interview coming soon. But, uh, yeah, let's just dive into some music. So this is Ash Gale from Mars. Do you remember the time when you were gone from Mars? I don't know if you knew that. Oh, it's there, the playing cards and you were intimate cigars. And she never told me her name. I still love you, the girl from Mars. Sitting in a dreamy days by the water's edge On a cool summer night Fireflies and stars in the sky Jump a glowing light from your cigarette The breeze blowing softly on my face Reminds me of something else Something that in my memory's been misplaced Suddenly all comes back And as I look to the stars I remember the time Over the moon and strand 
you'd returned I thought that you were standing over me When I woke there was no one there I still love you girl from Mars You remember the time I knew you were from Mars I don't know what you knew that Always stepping in that garage And you went to the cigars But you never told me her name Do you remember the time I knew you were from Mars I don't know what you knew that Always stepping in that garage And you went to the cigars And that was Girl From Mars by Ash. Bit of a classic tune there. Um, so yeah, as I was saying earlier, we caught up with Mark Hamilton earlier in the week, and we're going to dive over for this interview now. So yeah, have a listen to this. Awesome, awesome to meet you. How you doing? Good, 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 good. <laughs> Where are, you, are you? Are you in Ireland at present? Or? No, I'm in. I'm in uh, Jersey City, and uh, just in New, uh, New Jersey, which is stone's throw from Manhattan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. Ah, very good, very good. He's he's like over there for for farming, like tour, touring. No, no. I, I know I've lived here since two thousand five. Have you? I never did. Wow. Yeah. Okay. That's so it's home. Yeah. Cool backdrop. Um, sort of. I've got. Yeah. Yeah. I use Zoom for deck Dungeons and Dragons. I do like play D and D. Yeah, I do too. But totally. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, fifth edition, second edition, because I'm literally that old. Oh really? We I think we're just doing like we. I only started playing it with like my girlfriend and like four other friends, and uh, during the pandemic, so yeah. it was like a great way to like keep in contact with people, and we really got into it. And so we spent a year doing the starter pack, oh, and then God, we ended yeah, up doing. Friends. And then we've been we've been doing the Curse of Strad for the last two years. That's awesome. Yeah, that, I haven't done that one. Um, uh, yeah, say so my my son at twelve. Years of age, DMs a fifth edition game with his friends. Um, then myself and my son and some people. So it's like a mix of people in their forties, twelve-year-old players. We do kind of a second edition campaign, and uh, yeah, it's very cool. Is there, so, yeah. is there a much like what's the difference between editions? Is there much? Um, they they streamlined it a bit, you know, like by fifth, you know, that everything was a bit, you know, like you know, you know the way you get your modifiers plus one plus two proficiency bonuses. Um, like it, the the bonuses were go, were just going up like one every level, especially in third edition. So you might be like plus seventy to hit, and you're trying to hit something with an armor class of like ninety. So right. you know this, there was there was and it, it ended up becoming almost more of a maths exercise. You know, you're plus a fighter is plus fifteen to hit. His sword is plus five. He's a plus tw- fifteen strength bonus, and you're going, you know. Mm. Um, but they're still basically the same, you know. Right. So no, yeah, I, I'm. I mean, I'm pretty sure there's a few of the rules that we don't do correctly, but for the most part, I think we're doing it right. Yeah, I, I don't. I, rules are totally like I. I, you know, I've been playing this like since I was a kid in Ireland, and like you can get really hung up on the rules. The main thing is like it just happens. Just do it, you know. Yeah. Somebody rolls a dice. But if you're, I mean. As long as the, as long as you're consistent with the rules, then it don't matter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah. No, that's very cool. Yeah, good, 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 good hobby. It's cool. So, say, what's your like? What do you have like multiple characters, or do you have like one main character? Um, I just pretty much have one character. I I tend to uh, like playing a druid. Um, 
you know, you know, get down to earth, you know, um, I'm playing it. So I, I ended up, yeah, I ended up with like one of like the main, I guess it was like the default character sheet that came with, with the beginner set. Yeah. Which was like an elf wizard. Yeah. Like a young, a young elven, young, like elvish wizard. Yeah. So like not, not particularly strong, but you know, that's good, fine. Good, it is. It is very cool. I uh, say so the bit I find is like you know. I say my my son at twelve and thirteen. It's the only way I can actually think of getting a group of like twelve, thirteen year old boys together, and not have them looking at a screen and interacting face to yeah. face. It's, it's it's awesome. Yeah, true. It's it's it's. I mean, it's actually the the way the way we play like Zoom was probably we probably wouldn't have been able to do it without Zoom. Yeah, same works. Um, yeah, yeah. I, 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 I. That's what got me playing again. Actually, um, I had a mate up in up in Auckland who um was playing, and he contacted me, and you know, and then it got me playing again, and it's amazing. Like this is like I, so I'm in Invercargill, which you probably never heard of, right? It's literally the most southerly city in New Zealand, you know, right? Oh, and um, like fifty thousand people. It's like it's like seven hours, about 10 hours drive from Christchurch on the South Island of New Zealand. Right. So it's really, okay. next, next stop is Antarctica. You know? It's literally. Okay. Wow. <laughs> like, I, 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 I'm going to your gig in Auckland, um, and that's a flight of about 1,200 kilometers. You know? Okay. Wow. It's, well, actually, but, you know, so, it's a, so even in a small place like this, people could play D&D. But, um, yeah, thanks for taking the time. Really, I'm like a massive fan. Um, and I've been recording this, but I'll kind of cut a, I'll cut out the D and D stuff. Out. <laughs> oh, yeah, no worries. That's that's fine. I yeah. might leave it. In. That's very good. It's always cool. You, 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 yeah, you can keep it in if you want. Whatever. <laughs> um, no, I say I'm a massive fan. Um, like I remember when um, 1977 came out. You know, I've been about 20 at the time myself. You know, um, right. And I see this this tour is the Teenage Wildlife Tour, 30 Years of Ash, way to go for making me feel old. Yes, awesome. Uh, um, so, you know, talking about um, how you got in, like I was, I was, I was reading, you were in an Iron Maiden cover band before um, Ash, when yeah, so, how did you get interested? Yeah, so, in- so, like, I, I, grew, I mean, we grew up in Northern Ireland, and then, um, and I, my dad moved jobs, so he moved from like one town, like like a, one village, to like another town, down Patrick. And yeah. it was just at the age when I, I was at whenever going into high school, so I was like going into first year. And one of the first kids, and it was the summer before like school started. One of the first kids I met in down Patrick was Tim, and we sort of like had a sort of like shared love of like heavy metal and stuff. I think I had an Iron Maiden backpatch, and he had a Wasp one. So we kind of like just we just sort of like hit it off as like friends, and I guess we we just sort of like it was like almost like the classic Bill and Ted story where where like we just had this dream of like having a metal band, yeah. and uh, we didn't even have instruments, but we just we we had we had the whole idea of a band, and we would actually have band practice with tennis rackets in the garage and stuff, and uh, or or like on our on jumping on the bed, and we would play like. Iron Maiden or Twisted Sister or oh, Twisted Megadeth Sister. or we had, <laughs> we, had, 
we'd play all these like tapes because there was a you know cassettes yeah and like yeah. and like put on like put put on our own concerts like you know we were like just we were still children you know but like yeah. um so that's where like kind of the idea of the band came from and we were not very good at like soccer and most people you know anyone are you know anyone back in, back home if they want to sort of like escape the sort of like nine to five job you know you've got you're know, like a lot of people who want to be like a professional footballer and we were like yeah that's not going to happen we're not good yeah. enough to do that yeah. and it was like right okay well seems like seems like if if you if you can sort of like you know write some cool songs and, and maybe we can become rock stars kind of thing Definitely. so that so <laughs> even from like that early age that was kind of like our our game our like long game plan and um, where, where was that where was i going with that and um, oh yeah so then it was about the age of 15 by the age of 15 we met right in school yeah. and it's really hard to get it's really hard to find drummers and yeah. so like a lot of people will have guitars you know or you know guitar or bass or stuff but yeah. finding a drummer is so hard because like one drums are like really expensive they're hard to, you know a lot, a lot of people won't have space for them and they're yeah. super loud so you, you can't just like practicing them in your house if you've got a front, you know your the neighbors parents America. would be wanting to yeah, your people, the neighbors and your family would want to kill you. So, but we were lucky. I mean, and, and anyone who was a drummer was already in a band because they were so rare. Yeah, you'd have to. Yeah, totally. <laughs> totally. So then right we now, find out. Yeah. So then we find out there was this church, this guy who was playing drums in one of the one of the local churches. We were like, oh, that's not cool. We don't want to be. We don't want to really associate with that guy. But yeah. He had a, dr- but he had a drum kit. And that's all that matters. So we sort of like <laughs> we, we kind of we kind of reluctantly had a practice with him, and then we find out actually he's actually really he's really quite cool. We thought he was going to be like this sort of like real pious kind of like you know yeah. religious person, and he and he wasn't at all. So we were like he's good, yeah, because yeah, it, like, it was all good. Yeah, that's the amazing thing. Like, and I was I was kind of listening back to um your tunes from the past, you know. And I remember the first song I ever heard from Ash was what was it? Jack names the planets. I remember yeah, I remember planets, that yeah. when that came out. So that's like, wow. <laughs> yeah, that was one of the sort of like I think one of the breakthroughs was really whenever because John yeah. Peel played that on like Radio One. And it was like, you know, we were like an unknown little like bunch of school kids still. And so he played that. And it got that got atten- and then I think because he played it, then Steve O'Mac played it, and it started to get like a bit of attention from some of the people in London who were like you know in the music scene. So yeah, so Jack Names the Planets, it was really kind of like pivotal for us, and that helped us find our manager. It got our first kind of like radio play on Radio One, which is like the big main national radio station, and which covers the entire UK. So yeah. that that kind of like really helped, and then from that we got to go out and tour with Elastica. Who, who were blowing up at the time? They had a number one album, and yeah, so we got to play in front, you know, as cover as a as a support band. We got to play in, in front of like full people, and it was a good musically. It was a good fit as well. And um, then the music press kind of like started warming to us, and things went off from there. Really, they really did. And then I, I remember like Kung Fu was released, and I always took that as kind of your, but yeah, kind of breakthrough. But. Uh... Yeah, as I say, I just have so many uh, memories in my own head from like kind of 96 and, you know, like around that time being 20 and just like summertime. Seems like everybody talks about summertime. It's like, yay, Ash. Um, it was it was the summer. That was like the summer of 96 when there was like the big writing festival and 
Yeah, that was. I think that that time was really sort of like a a really good point in music. Like a lot of it was like you had you'd had the whole like Nirvana, like early nineties Nirvana almost changed the music scene. And Mm. you had like a lot of then there was like the the sort of like the I guess I don't know they call it like post punk or something like you had then the whole like wave of Green Day kind of bands. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then and then there was like the there was like a lot. Then there was like a Brit pop kind of thing going on, and um, but there was like I mean, there's a lot of guitar music in in me, you know, in the charts. It was, uh, you know, like I say I'm a big fan of the time. And then you know, like kind of yeah. moving more up to now, um, the '90s and the zeros. Um, you know, the Alpheus I think was an awesome uh, song by you guys. Uh, well, I remember reading this quote. Uh, you described it as what well, Chili Peppers meets the Doors, Sabbath, and Ash. That's a <laughs> don't know if that's a Sabbath. Yeah, that's <laughs> Sabbath. Oh, there's a, there's a couple of little like riff parts in it that that maybe maybe are a little bit of Sabbathy because okay. it's like yeah it was, that that song the song is mo- is mostly riff based rather than like just pure like melody. Um, yeah, it's a bit of a mashup of a bunch of like different influences, actually. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, I really enjoy it. Um, and you've been really like you know like productive, even you know today on Meltdown, Twilight, Cablamo, Cablamo. <laughs> Is that the right? Yeah, Cablamo. Yes. Um, I own you. So, um, yeah, all that time. Well, I suppose a number of questions go from that. Do you still like get on okay after thirty years? <laughs> I actually think we probably get on better now than we used to because, like, especially around 1977 and um, a new and around actually, uh, probably around Nuclear Sounds, the second album. Mm-hmm. That's probably whenever we were. Yeah. You know what? You know what? Around Nuclear Sounds, the Free All Angels was probably at the point whenever we would have like a lot of squabbles and infighting and stuff. Yeah. But that yeah. was more like because we're, I mean, we're essentially like kind of like a. Band of brothers, you know. Yeah. So, like, like any, like any kind of family, you're going to have. It's mm-hmm. not, you know, we all you've begun as best friends, but like the longer that, that goes on, and, and it's almost like a family dynamic, and you know, families are always going to have their things they got to work through, you know. So, yeah. I think, I think there was periods whenever, you know, there was definitely some stresses I got probably around stressful like times like like the second album there was a lot of pressure on us to come yeah. up with like almost like a repeat because the first album would be a number one and really successful sold like a million copies and stuff yeah yeah and, yeah and the record and the record company were just like they wanted us to essentially do more of the same and we mm. were like we don't want to do more of the same we want to like you know do, do something a bit at least a bit different something which is going to like be interesting for us I mean yeah. and, and also over time you're listening to like new influences and you know, have like different ideas about what direction things should go in. There was so so much music at this time that was, yeah. you know. So if you, if you look back at your early stuff and like, you know, talking about how musically you've changed over the time. Yeah. How do you, how do you find, listen to your early stuff? Or are you like, oh yeah, this is different than this? Oh, so the one, I, I actually think that I can probably listen to every, every one of our albums from 1977 forward. Because I think by 1977, we were like, I wouldn't say like completely polished, but we were at least competent enough to yeah. play. Yeah. Like on trailer, on trailer, we were still like pretty green. We didn't, we had, it was the first time I'd ever been really in a proper recording studio and worked with a producer. And 
And we, I, I don't think we even really worked, knew what our individual sounds were for our instruments, per se. Right. And we certainly didn't really, we weren't, we weren't educated enough in like how we wanted like the mix to sound at the end and things like that. So, so a lot of what I was, yeah, everything after trailer was basically a co-production yeah. with us and whoever the producer was while trailer was very much produced by Mark Waterman. And we just kind of like did what he said. Okay. There, there, there wasn't a lot of our own. I, I don't think there was a lot of our own real identity there. Well, you would have been like, this, what, what age? Like 16? Uh, <laughs> like I think we were like 16, 17 then. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I listened to the trailer and we were kind of like, Oh, I wish we could re-record that. I wish we could actually like play it again. You know, like knowing how we can play now and do it better. Yeah. Like I think, especially the mix of it. I mean, even if we remixed it, I think we could do it better. So sometimes it's probably the only album I listen to and go, ooh, 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 we could do better on that. Okay, that's 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 pretty cool. That's, that is pretty cool, Mac. So um, you're coming over to New Zealand and you're here on St. Patrick's Day in Auckland. Did, oh, you, wow. did you plan that? <laughs> that's I, don't, I don't think we specifically. I don't think we specifically planned it as like you know St. Patrick's Day. We want to be in any that's one place. I mean, quite often St. Patrick's Day, we just end up on tour somewhere anyway. So, yeah, so yeah, you know, so yeah, yeah. So, um, it's done. Um, are you looking? Are you looking forward to coming? Yeah, you're looking forward to coming. To, have you been here before? Have you played? Yes. So we played. I think this is our third time to to New Zealand. We played oh. on around that 1977 tour. We came out and we supported Garbage. They were doing some shows. That's right. And and I think we did one or two shows with them maybe only one and then we came back and did i think two shows on the on the free all angels tour okay so that would have been two around 2001 2002 around that time yeah i remember that too so this will be our this should be like our third this is like our third trip over i've always i've always wanted to come i've always wanted to come new zealand on on holiday like on a vacation because i've got some friends down there yeah i just it's so far away and it's so expensive to get to. It's like, you know, whenever, <laughs> whenever you, whenever you like come on tour, like all your flights and stuff are covered. So yeah. It's not and, then, and, yeah. and then inevitably we were there, we, we come and we're there for like two or three days, do the shows. And then we're straight over to Australia to continue the tour. <laughs> yeah. That's the way. Yeah. But I wish, I wish we, I wish we'd have a couple of weeks off, you know, just to sort of like properly, yeah. like get to know the place. Yeah, it's it definitely would explode. As I say, like with the city I'm in, Invercargill, is literally if you go through the centre of the earth, there's this cool little program I found where you dive through the earth, and it basically puts me up at Dublin City. This is literally the furthest city from Dublin on the planet. So, I'm oh like, wow, yeah, that's pretty far. <laughs> yeah, that's right. It's pretty far. <laughs> Can't really get further unless you leave the planet. You know? Yeah, that's crazy. Cool. Oh, like you really hate Dublin. I'm like, no, we're just. You know, you never know where you're going to end up. Um, and they're dressed, dressed Rick and Tim. Are they still back in Ireland? No, no. So, so Rick's up in Scotland. He lives up in Scotland. Okay. And, uh, you know, he's fighting for Scottish independence right now. He has been really? for quite a while. Is he good, is he good <laughs> yeah. first minister? <laughs> no, I, I, I mean, he's, he's, very, he's very plugged into the sort of like, you know, the politics and stuff. Um, I don't think he's got any aspirations to 
get involved personally, but right. he's he's definitely engaged on Twitter. I know that. <laughs> and uh, and then Tim lives in London. So so whenever I moved over to like when it, it was on the 2005 meltdown sure whenever I yeah. ended up coming over here and staying living here. And mm. then um, Tim moved over at the same time, and we had like a studio in Manhattan for 15 years. And Sweet. and then it was during the pandemic that Tim moved back to London because before we moved out here, we were in Lo- we were based in London for 10 years. Yeah. So yeah. so not so now we're kind of like back to being based in London. So anytime we do any recording or touring or rehearsing for a tour, then we kind of like just join up. We all meet up again in London. Yeah, London's space. No, no, very, very cool. No, I'm gonna say, um, now thanks for taking the time today, Mark. It's really, really, you know, what can I say? I'm, I'm a fan. Yeah, hey, I'm looking forward to your gig. Um, yeah, and it's just, yeah, we'll sh- we'll share this and let everybody know how awesome and it's it's really exciting that you're coming here. Awesome. Yeah, I'll tell you, I'll tell you that we do have we have been working on a lot of like new material oh, during yeah, the yeah. pandemic because we were on. We were on tour actually out doing the Teenage Wildlife tour, which is for like the best of album. We were doing that during the pandemic, and then the pandemic stopped everything about halfway through. So right. then we didn't. Re- we almost didn't even. We weren't able to play. We weren't allowed to play for like almost a year and a half. Yeah, totally. And then, um, and then, so last year we got out and, and tried to like catch up on a lot of those shows that got postponed, and mm. and now we're still. I guess we still. We always wanted to come out and do Japan, Australia, New Zealand on that Teenage Wildlife tour, but they hadn't, those dates just hadn't been booked at that point. Yeah. So they got pushed back. So now, so now we're doing those. And then we have, a, we'll have a bunch of festivals to do in Europe this year. And then after the festivals, we'll have new material ready to go. And That's awesome. Yeah. Actually, there's like a lot of like conversations happening in the last few weeks as to how that's going to be released. So, Mm. It'll 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 come out later this year, and it's we've great. actually recorded two new albums. So there'll <sighs> be one. I mean, the, we'll have we'll release one, and then the other one's already in the bag. To, oh, to follow awesome. up. I'm, I'm really excited. No, thanks, Mac. Yeah, no, really yeah. looking forward to that. Um, yeah. So now I'll probably let you go. I don't know what time it is for you. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's like coming up to five in the afternoon. Oh, that's that's a perfect time. That's really good. Yeah. It's, it's yeah yeah it is it is interesting the time thing here. Well, here's actually kind of okay because it's just pretty much twelve hours from GMT, you know. So morning time, evening time. Oh, so oh, you are you like five a.m. Uh, no, it's five p.m. Oh no, it's, it's five p.m. here. Oh, no, wait, no, no, sorry, no, it's um, it's almost eleven a.m. So back in Ireland. Oh, okay, okay, that's not eleven. A good time. That's like, like morning, basically. Yeah, we've kind of got the twelve hours. I got you. I got you. Okay. You got you, and you're five hours behind that. It just gets tell like time zones are like. Ah. Yeah, that's that's. The, I think that's the hardest thing when you come down. It's like it's it's adjusting to like the jet lag because it's like such a you mean completely turned upside down like jet lag. It does tell you. Uh, I, I find any time like I fly back to Ireland, I'm always good when I'm going to Ireland because I think I've got like you know yay seeing people yay excitement. Uh, but then when you're flying back here, I find, you know, like you have sometimes adrenaline surges can kind of get you through. You know, but sometimes, it's like, oh, no, I've got to get back home and I've got to get back to work the next day. It's like stuff so much adrenaline. Surge. Yeah, I'll mess, it messes you up. And then you feel like you got like, you feel like you're seasick and you're like on a boat or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, would have definitely, you guys have done a lot of flying. 
Yeah. But uh, no, I'll let you go, Mark. I'm just it's really been awesome. It's really been a pleasure. As I'm looking forward to uh, seeing you, um, seeing you in Auckland. Uh, if you have time, we'd love to buy if you buy a drink. Uh, have of a good Of course, yeah. We'll see you. Yeah, I'll see you there. Yeah, but uh, no, that's really awesome. Um, keep Great. rolling, day twenties, and uh, all right. See you soon. Right. See you, Mark. Bye. Take care. Bye. So there, there you have it. It was good to catch up with Mark and what a great interview. So um, I know it doesn't need repeating, but Ash uh, in here in, in in New Zealand on the Teenage Wildlife Tour celebrating 30 years of Ash. And they're playing at, they're playing in Auckland on the 17th on St. Patrick's Day. Uh, it's a pretty exciting t- uh, tour and it's, it's going to be awesome seeing them around. So um, yeah get your tickets now you know it's gonna have all the classic songs go from as oh yeah goldfinger kung fu you know so uh yeah and speaking of classic songs we're gonna play shining light
<laughs> yeah, and that was Ash with Shining Light, your classic tune. So just to recap, Ash uh, here in New Zealand on March the 17th at, in Auckland at Tuning Fork, and March the 18th in Wellington at the San Fran. So get along, get out your tickets. So hey, what else has been um, what else has been happening in the world? Hey, has anybody been watching some rugby? Um, pretty happy there. Uh, the Six Nations Ireland hold held off a competitive Italy, and it was a competitive game, twenty four twenty in Rome. So, yeah, what can you say? Uh, success, you know, got the bonus point, and now we're sitting fifteen points on the table. But um, two big games to come up. Uh, what's it next week? Scotland, and then on the nineteenth we have England. So. Um, Fingers crossed, fingers crossed. Let's 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 hope this um I have a good feeling about this, you know. Was it um two thousand eighteen was the last time I think we got the grand you know, triple crown. Um so yeah, I think this is the year. So woohoo. Hey, we're gonna play a bit more Ash. Um you know, because I'm in that sort of vibe and um real classic song it is. And I think it was as I mentioned in the interview with Mark, um was the one that got me first aware of Ash which is Jack Names the Planets. I don't know. What year was that? 93, 94, 95? I don't know. A while ago. <laughs> Let's have a listen to this. We were walking, walking into worlds In the gardens of sunlight home Bad children on the phone Help me to withhold you I said I can do if you want You got things back to front I got a letter to send it back I didn't like the honey what you had Jack is a friend, it's hard to do Jack is a friend, it's hard to do Jack is a friend, it's hard to do Yeah. 
And that was Jack Names and Planet After You by Ash, another classic tune. So yeah. Um hey, let's let's see what else is happening in this world. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh Brexit. Woohoo! It's always nice to find a wee Brexit, you know, soundbite in the news there. So um Richie Richie Sunak says he'll be giving everything to secure Northern Ireland's protocol de- deal. Yes. He said his administration is giving it everything we've got to finalize an agreement to fix issues with the Northern Ireland Protocol, but insists a deal has not yet been secured. He's hopeful of a positive outcome in the talks with the European Union. He is keen to ensure the Democratic Unionist Party is on side with his final agreement as he looks to restore power sharing to Stormont. And the DUP is refusing to to take part in the devolved government alongside Sinn Féin in protest at the impact the protocol is going to have between Northern Ireland and Britain. And the party has issued seven tests that Mr. Sunak's deal will have to meet in order to win its backing. Um, yeah, so, hey, we'll see how that goes. But, uh, yeah, it's always nice, you know, you've got to get, get a Brexit tipper. Um Hey, so let's keep some more tunes going. Yeah, and I think one of my favorite Ash songs, you know, kind of keeping the Ash vibe, but maybe we'll, we'll maybe try, try another song or two after this. Um, so this is A Life Less Ordinary, which was um, was just after the addition of Charlotte Hasselay from Night Nurse. Um, you know, the extra bit of guitar oomph. Um, so very cool. And it was from a Danny Boyle movie. So who, and I had, Cameron to hiss, like, err. Um, great tune.
And how good was that? That was Ash with uh, Life Less Ordinary, a classic tune. Hey, uh, having a quick check of what's happening in the Irish community um, around the country. Um, I see that, um, you know, checking out the Friends of Ireland site, uh, Karen Manning from Friends of Ireland uh, got the opportunity to Tomorrow, a couple of days ago, to meet Mr. Joe Hackett, the Ireland's Foreign Ministry Secretary General, Irish Foreign Ministry, and the team of the Embassy of Ireland, New Zealand. Um, on so yeah, very cool. I see that. Yeah, just yesterday, just as we speak, um, the Friends of Ireland, the Taranaki Irish Society, um, for their roles of Trilee Trilee selection, um. So they they have been three entrants there, so it'll be interesting to see how many more come through. Um, so yeah, keep watching this space. Rose Trilly, not exactly my cup of tea, but uh, um, there, there you have it. Hey, let's keep the tunes going. This is Keela Shamalaba. Shamalaba, 
And that was Kayla with Shamalaba, classic tune there. You know, a bit of a bit, bit different than we've had Ash and I, um, but beautiful tune. Love them. Um, so just to let you know how you can make certain you never miss an episode of Kill and Crack. And this show is available as a podcast from the Radio Southland website, radiosoutland.org.nz. You can stream or download from the site. Just look for the Programs tab. There's also links to stream podcasts can be found on our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash Radio Settlers. And you can subscribe on the Apple Podcast platform and never miss an episode. And you can now also look for the podcast on Spotify. Search us out and make sure you follow us. Oh, there's the updated accessmedia.nz app. Look for the KiwiFruit logo. Download it for free from the Google Play or the Apple App Store and make sure you select Radio Southland as your station. And you can stream and download and listen to me to your heart's content. Uh, no, sorry, that sounded that sound way conceited. Um, so now it's been great having you along. It's been yeah, brilliant um, to catch up with Mark from Ash. And um, yeah, we're going to see you in two weeks. I'm going to leave you with uh, probably the most famous Ash song, which is Goldfinger. So Slon, and I'll see you in two weeks. The preceding podcast was brought to you by Radio Southland with the support of New Zealand On Air. Their funding of accessmedia.nz makes these podcasts available. To find similar programs by other stations involved, go online to accessmedia.nz.